0: Welcome to The Success Scenario. I'm your host, Dustin Abrego. On The Success Scenario, we meet and hear from current LCC students, people just like you who face adversity, why they chose LCC, and how they turned their situation into a successful one. Today, I'm joined by...
1: Chrissy Schiebner.
0: Chrissy, thanks so much for stopping by. We really appreciate you taking time out of your limited summer because you just got done with summer classes, right? Correct. Okay. How did we do with the summer classes?
1: We did really well, <laughs> even though we did not think we would. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. What did you take this summer?
1: This summer, I took Composition 2 hmm. with Gloria Shirey, hmm. and I took Art History from the Renaissance with Don Wiegand. Hmm. and that one was fully self-led. Um, composition 2 was ORT with lecture time with Gloria. So, And uh, Composition 2, I finished with a 9847 and I don't know what the percentage comes to, but art history, I finished with 499.5 out of 512 possible points. So
0: So I'm hearing four point in both classes.
1: You are hearing okay. I'm getting another presence list. Okay, no, another presence
0: <laughs> list. Okay, so backtracking Which, a little.
1: Which,
0: you know, I collect it. So I was backtracking a little bit for the rest of the people because literally we've had some convos back and forth. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, why you chose LCC. Is this your first time? Give us the spiel.
1: Well, the spiel is that I will be 45 in September. I have a daughter who is turning 27 in about a week. And I married my childhood sweetheart five years ago. Um, I dropped out of high school, actually. So let's go way back. Let's go way back. I dropped out of high school when I found out I was pregnant the first time. I did have two miscarriages before my daughter, and then I had her when I was 17, just about 18. So I spent what would have been formative college years for anybody else, I spent that being a mom and getting my GED because I did want that. I wanted to be finished. Um, And then working, working a lot. And I did that for her entire childhood until she was done with school and then I just, I don't know, I I became disabled in 2008, which is a whole other story. I don't know if we're going to go into that today. (laughs) But I became disabled in in 2008, and it led to a lot of depression, which led to a lot of, I can't do this, and I can't do that. I'm not capable of this. I'm not capable of that. Any amount of self-esteem I had, I lost when I became disabled. Um, just, you feel like a bit of a failure, especially, I think, I don't want to generalize, but for me at, at my age, I was very, very young and then told you're permanently disabled. This will affect the rest of your life. Suddenly I couldn't work anymore. My daughter was 16 when I became permanently disabled and I couldn't keep up with her anymore. I spent a lot of time in bed and it just, it just became a very sad situation. And it, I had no self-esteem, no self-confidence. I couldn't do anything. I wasn't capable. And then um, in 2019, my dad passed away. And my dad had been, to that point, my probably my greatest cheerleader. He was always telling me what I was capable of, what I should be doing, how great I am at arguing or talking endlessly <laughs> and changing minds. And he really thought I should be a lawyer. That, that was his thing. He wanted me to be a lawyer, but that wasn't for me because I'm not in it for money at all. I just want to help people. And I do come from a very abusive background um by the hand of my biological father. And I decided while my dad was still alive that I I did want I wanted to help kids. And my mom had been a foster mother, and so I have two siblings from the foster system. And again, social work seemed to be the way to go. Mm-hmm. And shortly before my dad passed away, because it did happen very suddenly, we had had a conversation. And he, again, told me I should be a lawyer. And I told him, No, I think I want to do social work. But I don't I just don't know if I can do college. And again, biggest cheerleader that I had. So constantly telling me, you can do this, you can do this. And then when he when he went in 2019, very unexpectedly, um, I lost all of what he had been building up in me it was just gone just like that you know he was gone so who else believes in me because I didn't so <laughs> it, it, I needed my dad and of course my mom did and everything like that but he he was he was the one pushing me to do more with my life because I think he didn't like seeing me depressed and about my disability he wanted me to know that I had abilities past that and when he was gone I just didn't feel like I had I had a I didn't feel like I had a reason to push for it I mean I'm married. I have a husband what do I what do I need more for? I have mm-hmm. a daughter. I'll be a grandmother eventually. What do I need more for? And then 2020 happened, which wasn't great for my my mental state as it was because you know, I missed mm-hmm. my dad very much. Mm-hmm. Um and then in July we decided to take one of our vacations to the upper peninsula. we go to uh, that's where I'm from more or less. I moved a lot when I was younger, but more or less I'm a Uber. So we took a vacation to Paradise, and while we were up in Paradise um, at the cabins we were staying at, I got to meet the grandson of the owners, and he just opened up to me, and he started talking to me and to my best friend about being bullied. He was about 12 at the time, about being bullied in school and how, how cruel kids can be and just how it was ruining his experience in school and things like that, and he was just talking to me and talking to me, and I said something to this kid about considering college, and he said, well, why don't you? he got you well Chrissy yep (laughs) why don't you this kid who's got I mean when you're 12 that's that's your whole entire world crashing Mm -hmm. down on you when school isn't working out I know I remember I was very bullied at that age too and he was like why don't you I don't know I don't have a good reason here I am trying to explain to you why (laughs) you should stay in school and why you should just stick this out and that everything gets better why don't I? I don't have a good reason, buddy. I have no good reason to give you for that. I said, I tell you what, I'll look into it. And I'm the kind of person where if I say something to somebody, especially to a child, the last, even if I never saw him again and he wouldn't know, the mm-hmm. last thing I can do is lie to a child like that and mm-hmm. say, okay, I'll check it out, but then go home and forget it ever happened. No, that conversation is still very much in my mind. So I went home and I looked into it, talked myself out of it for almost a year back and forth with my husband. He kept telling me that I could do whatever I set my mind to, but I didn't have my dad. You know, My if I had had my dad, I think it would have been, yeah, do it. And okay, dad, I'm doing it right now. And that's not to take anything away from the other people in my life. They're very supportive. They're very good people. And and they do encourage me and they do have my back and want to see me succeed. It was just something different from my dad. And I can't really explain. I think it was because technically he was my stepdad. And he came into my life and he showed me what a a real and loving father is like. And Mm -hmm. his word and his opinion just became up here compared to most others. Again, no offense and nothing against anybody else in my life. So without him, I just kept talking myself out of it. And it didn't matter how many people told me I could do it. I just wasn't going to until I was ready. I'm a little stubborn. Sure. This much. Right. Um, (laughs) So... I finally applied and I just told myself, you know, it's going to come back and they're not going to accept me. And that's, that'll be the end of that. And then I got my acceptance letter and I, cho- I chose LCC to answer that question. I, I chose LCC because they did have um, a good online program. That was the biggest pull for me because I'm disabled. And part of my disability is extreme anxiety disorder. So I get, anxious in a car I get anxious in public settings I get anxious in a room full of people all of that doesn't sound good when you're trying to go to college so when I found out that LCC had this incredible online program especially since 2020 I think that they even they went a little harder into their online program when that happened I decided that this was where I was going to attempt to go because I think it would hurt less to be turned down from a- community college than a university sure. first of all, <laughs> um but it, it that was basically my attitude was I'll apply, they're going to reject me, and i'm I can get out of this now, and I don't have to have faith in myself. I don't have to push myself anymore, and then they accepted me <laughs> 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 and i you would have thought that that Harvard had accepted i just words are hard, it's early, and I'm drinking my coffee, but yeah. you would have thought that Harvard accepted me i I cried a lot. And then after about a half an hour of accepting that I'd been accepted, I called my husband and I cried to him. And then I called my best friend and then I called my daughter and then I called my mom. And I just, I was like, I'm going to college. This is happening.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I heard about placement tests. <laughs> and I freaked out again. I was like, this is another chance for me to get out of this because I don't test well. And I didn't test well. I didn't. I mm-hmm. didn't. I, I, I shouldn't say that. I tested okay, having been out of school for as long as I had been out of school. Mm-hmm. Keeping in mind, I will be turning 45 next month. And I dropped out of high school officially when I was 15. So that's 30 years of no school. Mm-hmm. And I did my placement tests with very little attempt at brushing anything up. And I didn't do terrible. But I'm a perfectionist hmm. and stubborn, hmm. and th- <laughs> these things do not mix well together. And I decided that instead of retesting, which I did have the opportunity to do, that I should refresh. So I went in with some prerequisites for writing and for math. And my writing is all done now, and I did outstanding at all of it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and I- I'm going to be a social worker. Yeah, like band, I'm going to be a social worker. Yeah. with an emphasis on art. I just am, and it's crazy to me.
0: That is quite a journey of how you got here, and the meaning that it has behind it. And like I can tell that like you're a real person, and you care about people. Um, and as much as we try to care about other people, sometimes caring about ourselves to be able to elevate the impact and the scope that we can actually affect other people can be really challenging. Um, so did you say that this was your first time at college then or just college you thought was always outside of your reach of what things looked like for you?
1: Both are a yes. This is my first time in mm-hmm. college, and I have always always felt that it was out of reach. Even when I was in high school when I was younger, mm-hmm. I didn't have any plans to go to college. I, was, I just didn't think I was intelligent enough for it. Hmm. Even then.
0: Hmm. So self selecting yourself out, thinking that you weren't didn't belong, weren't a part of it, and then now that you like got into it, you're like, Oh, like, I'm awesome. This is my place. (laughs) These are my people. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. I finally found my place. You deserve to be here for sure. Um, So what is it about social work that speaks to you? I mean, obviously you spoke about children and other things and like helping people and you have this great story, um, moving forward. What is it though that like gives you that sense of fulfillment on the inside about working with people, especially children, as you've commented on, um, that like really means that part to you.
1: Change is, is the motivating factor. Hmm. I want to see the foster system change. It is, it's broken. (laughs) It's broken. It's disturbing. I mean, I mentioned, I came from an abusive household. Um, and not on my mother's part, by the way, I would like to make that very clear for anybody Mm -hmm. listening, not my mom. Um, but he, the biological was very abusive and, um, there wasn't anything in court records. So -hmm. there wasn't anything that stopped a foster care license, which means more children went into his care Mm -hmm. and were abused again. Um, and then I mentioned having adopted siblings. The oldest of those came from another abuse, a very sadly abusive household. And again, biological father was, there is court documents mm-hmm. and um, he was given a foster care license and brought in more girls and abused mm-hmm. more girls. Mm-hmm. That has to stop. There has to be, there has to be a way when we're taking kids away from a bad situation It has to be something that stops us from putting them into another bad situation. Mm -hmm. And I want to be that line. Mm -hmm. I want to be that Mm -hmm. buffer to make sure that kids go from hell Mm -hmm. into their forever home with fathers who should be like fathers, like I got from my stepdad, with mothers who love them and don't necessarily envy them or you know because that happens a lot I think especially mothers of daughters it can happen a lot especially learning psychology and things like that Mm -hmm. now because I'm getting smarter Um, (laughs) which is dangerous for everybody (laughs) Uh, but it there there is something there for like a a woman giving birth to this fresh new beautiful woman you know Mm -hmm. you've given birth to another woman and that you are going to compete with that woman now for the rest of your life. And she will always be younger than you. She will always be prettier than you. She will always be fresher than you. And if you don't have your own healthy ego, like you can't handle that. Mm -hmm. And when you talk to kids, girls in the foster system that have problems with their mothers, a lot of time it is that there's a resentment or, or something, there's a connection missing with their mothers Mm -hmm. too. So it's not just, it's not just fathers that make a household. Sure uncomfortable or unsafe. It mothers do it too, badly. I just I just really want to be that that line for kids mm-hmm. where I I just want to know that either we can do that we can get therapy, we can figure something out to get you back into the home as long as you know we're not talking about the worst of abuse, but if it's a neglect situation or something where you can just educate and you can get everybody back together and that's the optimal ending for absolutely I would advocate for that if that's the best interest of the child but if the best interest of the child is in new home that new home shouldn't be another dangerous place mm-hmm. it shouldn't be another unsafe place it should absolutely be a a place that the system has already defined as a safe space for you to go to mm-hmm. so how how is that getting through the cracks sure. when in my personal life I know it, of it two extreme situations mm-hmm. and I'm one person if I talk to a group of ten people, how many of those people would also have stories of extreme situations right. for the foster system? I think, sadly, more than half of them would. Hmm. Did I go off track? No, okay. no,
0: no. You're fine. No, no. When you, <laughs> I asked, "Hey, what are you passionate about?" So, like, I I presented that. You so know. you're 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 right on track. You're totally fine.
1: It's the um, kids. It really yeah. is. It's I need I need to make sure that they have. I mean, when you have the optimal growing environment, you, I think, become a better person, character, Mm -hmm. uh, motivation, Mm -hmm. trying to become something and somebody to change the world. When you, when you have that proper upbringing, whatever it looks like, it's not cookie cutter, but if you have a proper upbringing where there's the right ingredients, the right amount of love and the right amount of discipline because it is part of it Mm -hmm. but it needs to be appropriate you know the right amount of encouragement and support all of that mixes together and gives you a human being who goes into the world feeling like they're capable of something Mm -hmm. versus me who went out into the world thinking they were not capable of anything Mm -hmm. I grew up feeling that way and I went into the world feeling that way I raised my daughter feeling that way Mm -hmm. sure I'm sure didn't raise her to feel that way about herself Mm -hmm. and until now getting a chance to look back, of course, I wouldn't raise her like that. I want her to feel like the world is her oyster. But then why is the world not my oyster? Mm -hmm. Why is it also not okay for me to feel Mm
2: -hmm.
1: like I can do all these things? So I don't don't know where I'm going with this, but apparently I had to change my attitude about myself to get here. You know, I really, I really did. And I know we've talked about this before, but our first meeting one of the, the the first things you said to me was take age out of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Your age has nothing to do with this. You're certainly not the oldest student we've ever had. And nope. you you will never be the oldest student we've nope. ever had. So <laughs> get over it. Age has nothing to do with it. And I don't know how long it took for me, honestly. It was a couple more conversations with you after that. And in, still in my private life would still say things about, Oh, I'm you know, 44 years old. I don't know if I can do this. I'm so I've am i got so many responsibilities that 44 years old, 44. And then finally I started yelling at myself, take your age out of it. Just take the age out of it and then yell at yourself. And I'm like, I don't have any excuses. <laughs> I mm-hmm. can do this. So I mean, that is more, it started to turn into that. And then, like I told you before, I have the, I have notes from that first meeting and it was take your age out of it. You deserve to be here you belong here. Hmm. And those were the notes I took and they're still on my bulletin board right by my desk <laughs> to this day and I look at them all the time and I remind myself, yes, I do deserve to be here. I believe it more now hmm. after I mean, after first semester I still believed it for sure. But this summer semester, that's no joke. That is fast. Yeah. And online when when it's fully online too, yeah. it's fast and you are in charge. Like, you have to have Self discipline. You have to have the desire to get it done. You have to make time for it. Nobody's telling you be in your seat at this time every day. You've got to do that yourself. You've got, and if you don't, you've got to stay up till two, three o'clock in the morning because you didn't get it done. Mm-hmm. It, I definitely now after sec, or my second semester and having that second semester have been a double paced summer semester. My confidence is up there probably <laughs> to the detriment of everyone nope. else. But my self-confidence is up there. I can do this and I can do this well.
0: Thank you for joining us in the success scenario. My name is Dustin Abrego. Join us next time when we talk to Chrissy for the conclusion of this episode, as we talk about the positive change in her life and how she's going to help children in the future. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to The Success Scenario. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime online at lccconnect.org. The Success Scenario is a program dedicated to inspiring students towards a path of success. I'm Dustin Abrego, and if you're a current LCC student with a great story to share, or know someone with a story to share, connect with me on Twitter or at LinkedIn at Dustin Abrego, A-B-R-E-G-O. Until next time. Success starts with you.
4: Featuring the faculty, staff, students and others that help to make Lansing's Premier College what it is today. LCC Connect, Mid Michigan's connection to Lansing Community College. To find out more about our featured programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org.
3: LCC.
5: Connect. Voices. Vibes.
3: Vision. 12 Operations at Lansing Community College has been a proud collaborator of the Mason Promise Scholarship since 2016. The Mason Promise Scholarship is a community organization of volunteers that guarantees funding for two years of Lansing Community College education to selected Mason public school students. These selected students are chosen by the Mason Public Schools at the end of the fifth grade and then become a Mason Promise Scholarship through an induction ceremony. Over the course of the next six years, these students receive mentoring and support, as well as introduction to career possibilities through the Pathway program. For more information on the Mason Promise Scholarship at LCC, please visit lcc.edu hope.
0: Thank you for listening to LCC Connect. I'm Paul Schwartz, and I host a show called The Safety Plan. The Safety Plan is about the latest cyber scams and how to avoid them. You can catch The Safety Plan here on LCC Connect, or listen anytime at lccconnect.org. I didn't want to talk. She just sat with me. That was all I really
6: needed. We got back, and of course, we went to different cities. One day, he called me out of the blue, and it's comforting to know that I always can count on him to have my back. We
4: hadn't talked for a while and then she texted me and we went for a walk. She
5: called me from time to time. I really didn't think I needed any help.
6: I was away from my family during the holidays and a friend invited me to their house for dinner. It really meant a lot. He knew I was having a rough week, so he asked me to go fishing with him.
2: My friend knew that I didn't want to go out, so she brought me dinner instead. It took me from being really depressed to feeling like somebody cared to give me some hope just that one text be there your call your presence your words
1: your support be there and help save a life learn more
3: about preventing suicide at veteranscrisisline.net Lansing Community Colleges Business and Community Institute provides businesses with customized synergistic trainings that realize logistical opportunity. Learn more about the future of business today at lcc.edu slash bci. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. It's time for another edition of Equity. Equity is a play on words spelled EQUI TEA. Why? Because I just love sharing knowledge over a good cup of tea. Equity is designed to provide you and I with tips on issues surrounding diversity, equity, and inclusion to enhance your everyday life. Today's topic on Equity is simply entitled From Ally to Accomplice Six Tips on Taking Action. Lily Watson is a visual artist, activist, and educator who has dedicated her life to educating people nationally and internationally about the abnormal knowledge and culture. Her famous quote is this, If you have come here to help me, you are wasting your time. But if you have come because you are a liberation or your liberation is bound up in mine, Then let us work together. Lily Watson really frames today's conversation of moving from just being an ally to an accomplice very, very well. Her work around liberty, of how it binds us together, is a collective belief of how our common humanity unites us all. Uh, Therefore, this topic really resonates, especially according to Rochester Racial Justice Toolkit, which defines allyship as a proactive, Ongoing and incredibly important practice of unlearning and reevaluating in every situation on how we can stand in solidarity. Uh, this is a very important time for us to look at allyship uh, so that we have an understanding of how we can continue to grow in this work called Humanity one with another. So what is it about being an accomplice that's different than being an ally? For an ally, it is about making sure that you are speaking up and standing out, whereas accomplice serves as a disruptor to the status quo. You see the difference there? And especially with being an accomplice, it focuses on addressing oppressive behaviors and systematic issues. Historically, we can see this during the Freedom Rise of the summer of 1961, where we had a multi-group of individuals from various backgrounds coming together and taking a stand in the southern states to protest and do it in a nonviolent way. This is a great example of what it looks like to go from being an ally to being an accomplice. But I want to give you these six tips before we go today so that we can all walk boldly into accompliceship. Number one, go beyond rhetoric. It's okay to put on paper and even to say verbally what you will do to stand up for some other groups that are different than yours or that are being marginalized. But remember, being an accomplice is taking action. Number two, recognize and understand your privilege. Privilege is defined as having any advantage that is unearned, exclusive, and socially conferred. Be sure that you are understanding what your privileges are and using them for the advantages on behalf of others. Number three, listen and do your own homework. Don't rely on marginalized communities to do the homework for you. To be an accomplice means you're going to have to listen as well as do your homework. The next one, number four, you must be open and willing to learn, which means you must be able to say, I don't know what I don't know. Take advantage of, of reading, watching films, getting involved in dialogue and discussions, and of course, listening to equity tips every chance you get. Uh, next, you got to also be willing to stand up and to also speak out, but not over. Using your voice is very powerful, but don't allow your voice to overpower others. Next, use your privilege to advocate for the communities who you wish to support. And then finally, you'll also need to recognize that you'll make mistakes, but apologize and move forward. Everyone makes mistakes, and this is not the perfect work. It's about just doing the work. I hope these tips is helping you and I to understand the importance of being an ally, but even more important being an accomplice. I want to thank you for listening and taking a sip today of tea. That's equity. That is this episode today was entitled from ally to accomplice. We hope you'll join us next time for another edition of equity. Why? Because I just love sharing knowledge over a good cup of tea. We'll see you next time.
4: examining the issues and topics that affect our lives from the local level to the world stage. Listen to the programs of LCC Connect anytime at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Founded in
1: 1957, LCC has addressed the needs of Michigan industries through education for more than 65 years. Anchored by the downtown campus located in the heart of Lansing, LCC serves mid-Michigan communities with additional campuses in Delta Township, East Lansing, and Livingston County. The college offers more than 200 degrees and certificate programs and is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Those interested in learning more about LCC may visit lcc.edu
2: slash you belong. This is a public service announcement test from TakeMeFishing.org to determine if you need a fishing license and boat registration before heading out on the water. Let's begin. Are you a bear? Do you have a beak? Does your name rhyme with old beagle? Do you dart in front of cars? Here's a tough one. Do you have plumage? Do you rub your body against things to mark them? Do you have webbed feet? No, I mean like a... Were you hatched? Do you have fur? I'm not talking back hair. Does your boat fly south for the winter with the other boats? Regardless of how you answer, you need to be licensed and registered because it helps local conservation efforts protect the very natural resources you enjoy boating and fishing in for generations to come. Do your part at TakeMeFishing.org.
1: Hi, I'm Melissa Kaplan, and I host a show called Galaxy Forum on LCC Connect. It's all about the creativity in our classrooms and on campus here at LCC, and the connections we have with the community. You can catch Galaxy Forum here on LCC Connect, or listen anytime at lccconnect.org.
4: Lansing Community College is proud to present We're Better Than That, an anti-bigotry campaign. Embracing diversity is a continuing process, one that requires honesty, cooperation, and meaningful conversations. At Lansing Community College, we understand our journey towards inclusion and equity begins with an examination of how we relate to one another and a pledge to engage in the work necessary for meaningful progress to facilitate conversations and initiatives that will combat racism and hate speech in our college community. Office of Diversity and Inclusion has partnered with the Office of Police and Public Safety to create We're Better Than That, a comprehensive campaign to combat institutional bias and racism. To find out more about We're Better Than That, visit lcc.edu. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision.
5: You're listening to LCC Alumni Stories, a show dedicated to highlighting the amazing alumni of Lansing Community College. I'm Steve Robinson, president of LCC, and on each episode, I have the awesome privilege of getting to know one of our many inspiring alums and hearing about their experiences at and since leaving LCC. The LCC alumni community is expansive and far-reaching. They're an incredibly diverse group of people, representative of all walks of life, working in hundreds of industries across the country. LCC Alumni Stories shines a bright light on the alumni who make a positive contribution to their community and showcases those who've overcome obstacles and barriers to achieve academic and personal success. These are their dynamic stories. Today, my guest is Tony Sabo, a 1998 graduate of LCC, earning a degree in applied arts and 3D animation. He's currently the vice president and creative director at Addis Enterprises. Tony, how you doing, man? I'm
6: great. Thank you so much for having me.
5: I'm really excited to talk to you because when we were doing a project together, I told you about the show and I immediately wanted to get you on, but a lot has happened since then, so... It took a while to get you here. How are you doing?
6: I am fantastic. Excellent. How about yourself? I'm,
5: I'm doing great. So Tony and I we we uh, met in person for the first time when we were both dapper dads. <laughs> that was a trip, wasn't it? It sure was. So if you're, for listeners who are not familiar with uh, Women Working Wonders uh, fundraiser, dapper dads, Tony and I got to dress up in Kotacek's clothing mm-hmm. and go down the runway with all the lights and the music and. It, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was. Got to strut our stuff. We did. And, <laughs> and you had one of your kids with you, right? I did. Yeah, I tell didn't. me about that. That must have been special.
6: Actually, yeah, I had uh, two of my sons with me, um, Landon and Lucas. And uh, yep, they got all dressed up, walked the runway with me. And uh, to end it, my other son, Landon, actually went up to the did a flip at the end, and that's got the right. Crowd. I was
5: backstage, but I heard the crowd
6: went nuts. Yeah, it was really cool. They kind of they kind of showed me up and helped me out, so it was good.
5: Well, I I had a similar strategy. I didn't bring any of my kids, but we brought some LCC mm-hmm. students, and uh, I it was it was a really fun event for a great cause. Sure was. Say, so before we talk about your time here at LCC as, a, as an alum, I would love to hear about what you're doing now at Addis. Tell me
6: a little bit about your company and, and, and what you do professionally. Sure. Well, Addis Enterprises is a full design and marketing firm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so about seven years ago, we rebooted Addis Enterprises. Um, John came to me uh, one day and says, you know, hey, do we get jobs uh, at Michigan State? Um, do you want to reboot this company? What would you like to do? And Mm -hmm. uh, so we went out and interviewed at Michigan State. I interviewed about two to three different departments. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Got a couple offers. Um, John got a really amazing offer at MSU, okay. and he pulled me back into his house, and he said, do you really want to do that, or do you want to just take a leap of faith and go out and uh, restart this company? Mm-hmm. And I said, I I want to restart this company. Let's do it. So uh, about a couple months from working in his, in his house over on the West Side neighborhood, we decided to just... Uh, go look at some property, mm-hmm. and we got a place right next to right next to Midtown Brewing Company. Right here downtown. Right downtown, uh-huh. yeah. And that went extremely well. We ended up hiring Jody Miller, which was also from our old company, um, great friend of ours, and it was just the three of us for a while and hired a couple more uh, people a couple months down the road and then outgrew that building very fast. Wow. So within probably a year... Uh, being downtown, we decided to look around and we got a place off of uh, Michigan Avenue and Mount Hope. Okay. And we bought a building there and we bought the building next door and we took the garage and made it into a green screen studio uh, slash lounge area for our clients. Okay. Um, and we... Within I would say two to three years, we grew to fifteen to sixteen people. We wow, grew, that's
5: huge growth.
6: Yeah, we grew really fast, which was a little scary. Um, I don't know how prepared we were right off the bat, but uh, you know, the, the past three years I'd say has been really like um, taking our policies and perfecting them. And now that we're like considered a, a big boy company, we had to uh, really concentrate on policies and make sure um, we grew um, strategically Got and it. smart.
5: So, so, no. so the fork in the road at the beginning is: that we're gonna are we gonna work for somebody else yeah. at a research university, or mm-hmm. are we gonna are we gonna go our own way and, with this company? And you've had incredible growth. Tell me a little bit about what you do with your clients. You're you're still in that design animation mm-hmm. space, right? What 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 kind of work do you do? Uh, do you do for for clients?
6: so, oh, so for our clients, actually, you LCC, it was a client of ours about four years ago. Fantastic. We, yeah. What did we what did we do with you? Um, what. Uh, what career fits you? We did that campaign. It, they were uh, f- uh, animate uh, Adobe, or back in the old school days, Flash. Right, ads. Flash animation. Yeah, ad. so we I redid those in animate uh, Adobe animate and. Uh, we did a campaign where we, we took uh, vector graphics and just created um, some simple 2D animations, 15-second uh, clips, so you could sprinkle those all throughout different local websites of Lansing. Um, and, and we had any category from nursing to uh, construction, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Even audio. I think we did a a fun little audio one. So had a little soundboard animation of a guy like adjusting the sound levels and things like that. That's
5: cool. And that it's still an important part of uh, of college storytelling is Mm -hmm. animation, right? Mm -hmm. So sounds like sounds like you did some spots that uh, highlighted career pathways for Mm -hmm. us. Uh, And it's funny that you mentioned Flash. I mean, I Mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm older (laughs) than you, but I remember. Um, when that was the 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 way animation worked on yeah. the web I'm a I'm a huge fan of um, I don't know if you know uh, Homestar Runner the Flash cartoon no okay well anyway okay. it's it's now sort of defunct because you, you all the all the uh, animation was on Flash and it, teach me the technology that it doesn't run anymore right Flash doesn't run on does on, not okay completely dead completely <laughs> dead format so mm-hmm. So, what are the formats you're you're developing
6: and designing in for clients right now? So, HTML five, like like anything canvas related through animate, so Mm -hmm. that just converts to HTML five canvas. But uh, the 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 most exciting thing I think we do Mm -hmm. at us us enterprises, and I'm being biased because this is my degree. Okay, this this is what you do animation Uh and backing up outside of, uh, um, outside of us Enterprises. Just before we, we kind of had that middle phase of trying to find jobs, I did work at LCC for a year oh. uh, with Sean Huberty over at West Campus. Oh, okay, West Campus. Yeah, we yeah. built a video game over there, and I got to learn a lot of like t- like 3D um, gaming engine uh, modeling and things like that, and I got to put together their website and mm-hmm. um, do a, a really cool, uh, I think it was called The, the Smart Neighborhood. Okay, and it cool. was kind of like taking the West Campus and what would it look like with future wind technology and all sorts of fun animations. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Well,
5: maybe that's a great pivot point to talk about you as an LCC grad. You graduated in 98 and you actually studied animation here. Tell me, tell me, how did you get to LCC? Did you grow up around here and what, was this your uh your first choice for college what was your what brought you to lcc
6: sure well we uh, grew up in detroit mm-hmm. uh, moved to lansing when i was 14 mm-hmm. Went to grand Lodge high school okay. um, didn't quite know what i wanted to do um, i really struggled uh coming here like you know i uh, i wanted to be an architect okay. but math was not my strong suit so uh I talked it over with my parents and my mom just kept saying like, you are an awesome artist since you were a little boy, you were building stuff around the house and you know, I could see you being an architect, but like, maybe you should just go talk to a student advisor. So I did. I met with an advisor here, here at LCC. Uh, At LCC. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Um, And I kind of, I wanted to start off at see like maybe start off at LCC and transfer at MSU. But I just was like, you know what? I want to see how, just two year a two year college goes, mm-hmm. and I knew this was a was a great fit, so I met with a student advisor here, and um it was Sharon wood I'm not sure if Sharon is still here okay but she uh She sat me down and she asked me um you know what do you like to do with art and I said, oh, I like to draw stuff like that and uh-huh. she said, "Well, do you want to make soup soup can labels for um like graphic design, and I looked at her, and I was like, "Absolutely not!" That <laughs> so she kinda... asked you specifically, "You want to design labels yeah. for food products?" Yeah. Okay, she said that. Well, that's one field, and mm-hmm. it wasn't really um, that wasn't doing the best it way you. to sell in graphic design. Okay. But yeah, she—I mean, she kind of because she had something better in store for me. She says, "Or do you want to make dinosaurs walk in Jurassic Park?" And my eyes lit up. I was like, yes. That's what ex- a specific
5: memory! That's great advising, yeah. by the way. You yeah, know, she's creating a vision for you in your head about. Yes. So, so making dinosaurs walk that sounded pretty cool. Yeah, huh? and Jurassic
6: right. Park was huge then, and that's I was like,
5: right, that uh, was a huge time for uh, for for that movie. So that's what you
6: decided your path was going to be. Tell me a little bit about the classes that you took. Yeah, um, I, I remember Photoshop very clearly. Right, um, I love Photoshop now. I mean, the, the, it's a, the, such
5: an important tool in yeah.
6: all kinds of design. Right? All kinds, yeah. I, I, I mean, I took like typography. I remember it was all hand drawn at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I it was uh, PageMaker, I think, back in the day. That, that's a familiar name. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I took PageMaker, page PageMaker, and oh, I can't remember what the equivalent program was. Um, but I, I learned that I learned Painter, which mm-hmm. does not exist anymore. I don't. I don't think unless they have changed it around. I think it's called Corel Painter. All right. Yeah, Corel yeah.
5: Draw, Corel yeah. Paint. There were there were
6: these other yeah. applications. Believe it or not, I mean a lot of them are just obsolete now.
5: But what's um, interesting but, to me to hear you t- talk about all these throwback um, applications or, or software programs. While they're gone, the principles of them still apply, right? So yes. the de- So the design principles that you studied in your classes on these now defunct, even Flash, right? The mm-hmm. the, the ideas, the principles are still the same, correct? Correct. Yeah, so tell me, what, what makes a good animation? I mean, tell me uh, from your perspective, how, how do you make an animation
6: appealing? Storytelling. Okay, tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'll give you a good example. A professor at MSU, Dr. Richard Persley, uh, came to me and said, I have this idea, like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm thinking of taking, um, uh, he's, uh, let me back up. He's a professor um, for uh, animal science department. And he works with basically uh, the estrocycle of cows. And he said, what if we did, like, we took a photo of a cow and took another photo of a cow, and you kind of, like, just do voiceover like they're talking to each other. And I said, and I thought to myself, can I really get that point across with just still images? Mm -hmm. And then I actually um, chatted with him about, like, what 3D animation actually is and, and how I could take your imagination and your ideas like talking cows and actually make them come to life and animate and make them feel like a, a Disney short Pixar. Um, that sounds really cool. So that's what we did. We, we took a, f- a four-part series called Blaze and Star. Uh, Blaze and Star, uh, I think it's... These are cow names. Yeah, Blaze yep. and Star. Exactly. Okay, I, I'm already picturing it in my head. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's a four-part series, and they're about five minutes per clip. Um, and he uses them for basically educating his students. Uh, you could go on just YouTube and just research blazing star They're If they're really funny, he wrote all the, uh, scripting and, uh, the, 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 like the really cool part is, you know, you, you just find your, your voiceover talent, mm-hmm. which is a couple girls he worked with okay. uh, in the department and you, they, they record the voiceover and I, place it into like light wave. And then you start by like, you know, purchasing 3d models or building out 3d models, and then you go on set and location to the dairy farm and you take reference photos of everything, the stalls, the, the, the architecture of the entire place, and you start bringing in those photos into Photoshop. And another thing you would do is when you're at those locations, you would take what's called texture photos like of the ground, straw, what they eat, Um, the cow's surface, things like that. So what I would do is I would take a lot of photos of like the back walls. What do the back walls look like? Well, they're aluminum and they're, they're, they're dirty aluminum. So I'd take a photo of that and take a photo of the ground. And what you would do is take those texture photos and then you would start building out your models and you would map those UV texture maps onto... The ground onto the cows, so you're taking real life photos and just mapping them into a, a 3D environment. Wow! Yeah, and then you light the light the scene. You you surface the scene, then you work on camera camera work, and then you take the actual 3D models and you rig them, and then you take the voiceover, and you start to play them. And every time the cow like Blaze talks, you you look at the inflections of the words, and then when they say like an R, you kind of Take the 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 facial expression of what an R looks like. Yeah, to of face. Simulate,
5: simulate what a, what a human face would do when it's making that noise. Exactly. So, so uh, that's uh, fascinating to me. So, how much of those kinds of principles did you pick up in your classes here, and how much did you have to learn after the
6: fact? A ton of them here. Like you know, I I loved getting like taking what Sharon taught me mm-hmm. and going home and spending another. You know five or six hours and just perfecting what i learned in class but like she in your set, own animation yeah mm-hmm. like just just stuff for um i think we had an end project like make a room light it and animate through it okay and so i would take what she taught me in class and i would go home and just try to perfect this animation for uh for some award ceremony at the mm-hmm. end and it was uh yeah i would say like she set a great foundation here and i would again, try to perfect what she taught me, but then I always wanted to go above and beyond and mm-hmm. go home and learn and then come back the next day and, and feel like I, I really have comprehended it. Unlike math, where you know, I would sit in math class and I would just get so far behind because I was like, oh, no more, I cannot catch up. But I wanted to make sure I was on top of my A game when it came to uh, the animation, so the animation stuff, you always
5: had that that appetite for more, right? Yes. That's what I'm uh, yes. what I'm hearing. So you took classes in in animation, and typography, mm-hmm. and design. Mm-hmm. You graduated in '98. what did you do right after graduation? Did you go work for a company doing animation? What, what?
6: Tell me about that. Sure, I I went to a company called Blue Lobster Multimedia Productions. Okay, uh, it was a little FD Hayes um, sister branch. Okay, um, electric and. It was an awesome job. We literally, I started off as an intern and, and then it turned into a six-year job. So we would take um, dimmer switches okay. uh, for companies like Wiremold and Leviton. We would take dimmer switches and we'd get like 10 mo- physical models of a dimmer switch. And we would just wreck them. We'd break them apart and there would be a circuit board and there'd be all these little pieces on there. And what, sa- same thing with like the cows, we'd break it completely off all the models apart the physical models and then i'd take a photo of like the circuit board and then i would actually model that and then i'd take what i broke off of the circuit board and then i would model and surface that and then attach it to that and so basically what would happen is we'd have a full 3d model and then we'd have some voiceover work done um, explaining how this dimmer switch gets installed and we would do an explosive view, so the model would pull apart, and it would we'd show how to connect the wires properly to an outlet, um, how certain screws go in and things like that. And it was a training device.
5: Wow, so um, yeah, let for... me see if I get this right. It's this fascinating because in order to you, what you were making essentially were instructional videos mm-hmm. or like almost like visual manuals for these for these switches. And you know, if you've ever worked with one of these things, you get a little white piece of paper that you open up, and it's got these little diagrams. It's really hard to understand. You made essentially a teaching tool for what the installation and repair of these things. Exactly. And must was it fun to break these things? No, oh, it's so much fun. So <laughs> I, I got to know about this. So so you you're you're taking images of them at various stages of mm-hmm. deconstruction. How did you
6: actually? break them they seemed like they'd be hard to break yeah well a lot some of them you know you would just unscrew certain parts but yeah a lot of them we would needle nose pliers you just take them and wreck the plastic really this is why you got probably 10 different models because you would need to you know actually use uh or, or actually surface and model them perfectly but you you know it'd be pretty hard to do with half of them because they're so destroyed and wrecked um so yeah we would have like i said i would probably get through about 4 to 5 models and then we'd have five left over but um yeah it was it was just needle nose pliers hammers sometimes we would just sit there and paint. <laughs> that's, that's funny so the
5: the audience of these videos are what technicians and then technicians, just end, yeah. end users who are who are uh, who are installing
6: them. That's yep. great. So you were there for
5: six years.
6: All six years, yeah. yeah. what'd you do after that? Oh, probably American Eagle and uh, Meyer Warehouse. Uh-huh. Yeah, I kind of dropped off for a while. I would say I worked at Meyer Warehouse for four to five years. Okay. And then I realized, like, I have to do, I have to get back into You want to go field. back into animation, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I went to Robert Half Associates in Novi, and I said, hey, I'm kind of going back into the ball game. Here's my old resume uh, my old work now the problem is is 3d animation is super cool but we don't live in New York Chicago and not for one not a lot of people have heard about it to the pricing it can be a little high so um, a lot of people are like, oh, we'll just go with still images.
5: So so yeah. tell me a little bit about that. It's more expensive, I'm guessing, because it's more labor-intensive to create, right? Exactly. It, it's one thing to just take still images, but if you're going to do 3D modeling, um, it, it, it's going to cost more, right?
6: Yeah, and and that's usually a a 5- to 10-person team for, for animation. Really? And I'm, yeah, one-person team. So, uh, so yeah, I went to Robert Half and I... I I did a little bit of web development um, dabbling when I was at Blue Lobster. Mm -hmm. And that was when you're using tables, I believe, tables and frames to build websites. I remember that. Yeah, Yeah. scary. So I I, I, kind of had that background. And then after that, I got placed into a company in Waterford, Michigan. It was Mm -hmm. a law firm, and he wanted to put together... uh, AdSense websites, which is kind of bizarre. Um, so I, I started to learn a little bit more web development there. Okay. Uh, that lasted about two years, and then I moved back to Lansing because I was I moved down to Howell and then moved back to Lansing, and then I went back to Robert Half, and they placed me again into a company called Rizzy Designs. That's that was about twelve years ago. Okay. And that's where I just said, hey. I got animation skills, but I understand that there may not be a huge market for it. Okay. So I self-taught uh, myself uh, websites, mm-hmm. how to program front-end development. Right. Um, and then I got huge back into Flash, um, graphics, uh, premiere editing, video editing, audio editing, things like that, and I loved it. Uh, but then it was time to like make a move to the new company about seven years ago. And I really started to realize that just, just web development is huge in the city. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody needs a website for a starting business. It's true. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the
5: front door for your enterprise or your organization. Yeah.
6: So, and I, I, I got heavier into the, the web development, and mm-hmm. then my boss just said, you know, like, I think I need to make you creative director. Like, because because you're starting to, like, design every website you see Mm -hmm. that in Lansing that we've done has been you know your eye so why don't you start doing all the front-end mocks and things like that and then I would also do my video editing on the side you know we do a lot of uh, editing with uh, Premiere Mm -hmm. uh, things like that but I always had that passion for 3D and John saw at Rizzy Designs, the success in it. Even though we we only had maybe three or four clients, he saw that there was a lot of potential, and a lot of like, if hey, if we could really break this door wide open, let's do it. So he bought me the software, he bought me Lightwave, which Sharon actually taught me Lightwave. Right believe, here at LCC. Yeah. Yeah. I believe okay, cool. I believe they're using Maya now. Okay. It, um, but uh yeah, they're you know, I'm still one of those people in Lansing that uh that use LightWave, mm-hmm. and I know there's a couple other uh, cool cats in Lansing that still use it that I like to hit up and say, hey, you know, how do you do this still? Because it's, it's LightWave is, you know, the, the big ones are Maya, Softimage, and anything like the big studios use. Got it. Uh, but LightWave still is, is just, it's a, an amazing tool. It's a powerful tool. And I just told John, I said, hey, we need to continue this service. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. right now, I think we have about 16 or 17 animation clients under our belt at edis enterprises Uh um anything anywhere ranging from uh you know msu dairy um we've done the msu u of m rugby uh intro outro graphics for those very cool yeah we're hoping that's going to happen again for 2022 that's Um, great yeah uh we we do a lot of logos for businesses that's kind of the biggest thing we do a lot of like just just logos for businesses they have hey here's my eps file Do something cool with this, make it like flip around, have some smoke and Fire behind the logo, and well, and motion is so important uh, mm-hmm. for that, right? So to to to
5: to attract somebody's eye or to pull them in, yeah. so and and I find it fascinating that you're still using a tool that you learned here at LCC in the 90s. Yeah. I mean that that that's that's very very cool. Yeah. You know, before uh, we end, Tony, mm-hmm. uh, tell me a little bit about what it was like to be a student here at, at that time. Uh, you know, you're you're obviously deeply. Deeply immersed in this animation uh you've got an, an advisor who's gotten you excited about it what what about outside of the classroom what kind of things were happening
6: here when you were a student yeah well i I really transitioned at that age with like my entire life like mm-hmm. like high school going from kind of the Dorky bully kid getting bullied. Uh, you know, I, I knew like, oh, I needed a change. I'm mm-hmm. glad I went to a new school. And, mm-hmm. you know, I started meeting a lot of really cool people. Okay. So at you LCC. Met, met a lot of people on your Yeah. Here. It's a cool campus. Do you bump into anybody that you studied animation with? Anybody professionally she, you see them around? Okay. So believe it or not, um, my wife, Twee, she had a friend at Auto Owners that it was like hey you know he he just left auto owners this guy is a brilliant videographer mm-hmm. and so he she's like can you can you can he do our wedding and i was just like oh, do we need a videographer she's mm-hmm. like no no just just in for a favor for me can we hire him and i okay. said okay absolutely and uh his name is lex and i met lex and i was just like man you look familiar And he's like, yeah, man, we used to, like, be in class together at LCC. No way, here at LCC. And I was just, and so we shared stories, and I was just like, man, like, I had no idea, like, like, I, I just don't remember you being there. But I guess he was just in one class, and he's like, oh, I sat in the back, but... He I mean, he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. He's like and he was like, yeah, man, I contribute all my success to LCC and that and that those classes we took together. Well,
5: very cool. Well, yeah. I have to talk to him. Yeah. yeah. Tony, a- it has been so fun to have you on the show. Yeah. Great to see you again. And I'm I'm really fascinated that you're still using the same design platform that yeah. you learned here. Uh, I know that designers get really attached to the environment and the software that they use. So that's really cool. And yeah. uh, thanks for sharing your LCC story uh, with us. Thanks for having me, Steve. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. LCC Alumni Stories is recorded, engineered, and produced by me, Steve Robinson, on LCC's downtown campus. The soundtrack, Who Told You?, is licensed through DeWolf Music and was performed by Ian McCanty. Thanks for listening. Learn more about what our alumni have been up to here at LCC at lccconnect.org and if you're an lcc alum and want to share your story with me send me an email at steve.robinson at lcc.edu until next time keep learning this is lcc connect on wlnz 89.7 fm
4: this has been a presentation of lcc connect a weekly program that features the voices vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. All shows featured on LCC Connect are recorded at the WLNZ studio located on LCC's downtown campus. Each program is podcast based and can be heard anytime at lccconnect.org. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on one of our shows, connect with us by emailing lcc-connect at lcc.edu.